I'm Becca. I'm, I'm the kids pastor here at Trent. Um, I am joined today by Josh, who is my second in command and oversees our 5 to 11s kind of age range. And then Matty here, who's at Manchester Vineyard. Um, and so you planted about five and a half years ago. And Matty was there from the start. So knows how to kind of set up a kids ministry. And he used to be here at Trent as well. So um, we know, unfortunately, um, Sarah McConnell, who is up at Catalyst Vineyard, was also meant to be joining us on the panel today. But she has come down with COVID. So she sends a lot of her love. And she says, if anyone is in a multi-site church and would like some kind of advice or just to have a chat through, she is a multi-site kids pastor. And so she would really love to hear from you. So that's there. Um, so yeah, hello, welcome. We are going to be looking at what it means to set culture across kind of different church settings this morning. Um, and we've got the experts here. So please feel free to ask any questions. There will be a question and answer session at the end. Um, but we'll also kind of dip into other areas as well that kind of setting culture and how to recruit team and all those juicy questions that we have as kids leader um, leaders. But first, I think it's really important to acknowledge the fact that as kids leaders, we probably haven't all been in the same room for a long time. We've missed out on some conferences together. We've missed out on last year's um, VLG. So I just think um, we're probably all coming from very different um backgrounds and churches and church sizes but we've all probably been through a pretty tricky time over the last couple of years just trying to um, run our kids ministries within our different churches in different ways in different settings and just want to say well done guys it's been really hard it's been challenging I think for all of us but we've made it through we're here today and actually even though it has been super hard for some of us some of us going online some of us not seeing our kids or our families for months and months um, but there have been some incredible opportunities too and so hopefully we'll have some time to share those stories as well um, yeah so this seminar was titled Setting Culture and we want to explore this topic but also understand that there may be some real and urgent challenges within your kids' ministries that you're facing right now and we want to be able to give you space and opportunities um, and support you in that and throughout this whole room there's a wealth of wisdom um, and so please don't just look to the three of us because we'll try our best but you guys are probably going to have lots of answers as well for each other and um, a great way to support each other as well. But we know that um, in leadership, example is everything. And we're always being watched either by the children who are in our room, we're setting examples for them, parents who are dropping their kids off, but also our team members as well who are in the room with us. Um, and what we model will be replicated within our teams and within our children as well. And as a kids team at Trent, we've been working our way through this book Leadership 101 by Tim Alford. And I don't know if anyone's got a copy of this, but if you haven't and you haven't read it, it is honestly incredible. And each and every chapter is full of gold. And if we could apply everything that he says to, honestly, our kids' ministries would be absolutely thriving. So I would really encourage you, if you haven't read it, to get your hands on it. Um, but we found that coming back after the pa pandemic, aside from having to recruit probably another, is it 150 team members, Josh? Josh is my stats guy. He knows probably exactly how many new team members we've got, just to put him on the spot. 
175 new team we had to recruit coming back just because some people had stepped down but we also went back to our two morning services so needed to extend team and so um, that was quite tricky but it's also given us um, a real opportunity to reset the culture um, with these new team members and ask the question what does that look like for us what do we want Trent kids to be known for um, and that question then led to new ways of recruiting and encouraging and resourcing our team um, and it's also forced us into raising up new team members, new um, team leaders um, who have never done it before, but have had to kind of be kind of fast tracked through um, to leadership. And, and but actually given us a real opportunity to see people's strengths and their potential kind of talents. And um, it's been really, really exciting in a way that we haven't ever done before. So. I love the quote in Tim's book that says, leadership is more about who I can elevate rather than what I can accomplish. And as leaders, we often feel as though, you know, the weight is on us. Um, we have to be the ones completing the tasks. We have to be the ones who are doing all the jobs. But actually, in this season for us, it's meant that we've really had to elevate other people and give them opportunities, um, which has been fun. Um, and in Trent Kids, we really want to build um, a community and a family where we've got a common purpose. And we try to do this by um, intentional language and valuing people. Um, but we have to model it, we have to challenge it, and we have to celebrate the culture that we want to set. And this will affect everything that we do. Um, from how we start a morning, in, and in Trent Kids, we start a morning where we gather all the teams together, and we pray, and we talk about what the theme's going to be. But there's a real emphasis on kind of building culture there and setting like the tone of the morning what do we want to achieve with these kids this morning and celebrating that just to the ways that we um, communicate with our team and our parents will also set what kind of culture we want in Trent kids so we're going to dive straight in and um, because we've only got an hour or so and we're going to ask our panel for some wisdom but we only could find Josh and uh, Matty. So, <laughs> no, I love these guys. And they are incredible at what they do. And I've got to say, I've watched Matty, how he set up Manchester Vineyard Kids. And it's absolutely wonderful. And I get the privilege of working with Josh day in, day out. And he is incredible at all things um, and makes other people... He's really got this, how to like raise other people up. <laughs> Lots of the kids think he is Jesus in Trent Kids, but you know. Um, so Josh, let's go to you first. How important is setting a culture with your team and how have you done this in the recent months? Well, hello everyone. I just want to say that I've been leading in one of the kids' rooms all day so far, so I apologise if my thoughts are a little bit... No, it's not... I've done a very poor job, friends, but I apologise if my thoughts are a little bit incoherent. Um, so your yes, your question. Um, what what I would say is, um, I don't think it's a case of like setting culture because I think invariably culture gets set. It's a it's a culmination of like all of the things that we do and we say and we allow and all of these kind of things. Like that, we all of our ministries, all of our teams will already have a culture. The question is, is is it one that we've allowed to kind of develop accidentally? accidentally or is it one we've been quite intentional about is it a kingdom culture or is it reflective of something else so i think that's the f the first thing that's important is is that actually this isn't something we can be passive on like we have culture um so i, I think 
I think there's a couple of things um, that we've done and that generally, I mean, I'm sure we all know that a lot of this stuff, we've all probably done training on this before, but I think the like, first one is really defining what your mission or your values are. And I think one thing that's important here is like, I, I'm sure we've all got kind of like big, like strap lines for what we kind of broadly want to achieve. Like in Trent Kids, our one is um, that we believe the kids are shine lights for Jesus and we want them to be raised never knowing a day without Jesus. Something is slightly snappier than that, but that's the broad like headline thing. Nearly. Um, but I think I think it's important to just like often go a few layers beneath that and actually go, well, what what practically are we wanting to push into and, and have that as like targets. Um, so define those. And one of the, the important things is then to, as Becca was saying, come up with like really intentional language about that and just use it all the time. Like a sign that you, you, your culture is kind of shifting is that your team gets sick of you using that phrase or you kind of using the analogy and stuff. And like we do need to just kind of push into those um, a lot. Um, uh, what have I got in my notes? Um, some like practical examples, like um, for, in the in times that I've been leading, like there've been times where, um, like I think when I first started, I I I came with a slightly more teachery mentality, and like there was a lot of emphasis on our mornings about like what are we learning, like you know making sure the curriculum was was rock solid which is really important but actually i think we we realized one of the things that we were missing was a sense of community and prioritizing that so we kind of just really shifted away and kind of got rid of a bunch of this like really great curriculum stuff we were doing but for a season we we're like well we're going to prioritize community and there was like two or three two months i think where we kind of every week kind of wrote almost like team building stuff for the for the mornings and like a lot of the team were just like why are we doing this or whatever but you just going actually we want this to be a family we want this and this is how we steer the ship um and so really kind of be quite intentional about that use um good language um challenge behaviors that are contrary to the culture that you're wanting to try and create so um you know we at, at coming out of covid um we want to create a culture where um people are showing up where there's a level of commitment where actually we've got a fresh start and really we only want people on team who are like yeah i'm in i'm in and and so we will call people up when they fall short of that so we're you know quite challenging of people who don't find swaps who you know say they're going to turn up and then don't and you know not in a mean way but it's kind of like actually if you if you're soft if you allow these kind of things to develop then your culture shifts with it. Whereas actually, if you're very clear, like actually this is this is what we're doing, um, that's good. And then the the final thing um, I'd say that's really important is celebrate um, and thank people who really typify your your culture. Um, not just people who are doing like a great job generally, but like when you see someone embodying one of the things that you're really trying to push into, um, then celebrate that. And so, like at the moment, we're really trying to push into kind of um, allowing the Holy Spirit to kind of just have authority on the morning a little bit more, um, kind of making, you know, we can overplan the morning far too much. So we're trying to push further at the moment into just, you know, giving opportunity for the Holy Spirit to move. And so on Sunday, some of our guys who are up front, they just very unstructured. They were just like, we're just going to wait and see if anyone's got any words. Um, and it was a bit of a car crash. Like, nothing happened in the room. It was messy and stuff. But then after the morning, I 
sent a message around to all of the leaders and just been like, I just want to like celebrate these guys because actually they tried it and, and I, I want to see more of that. And so it's a case of even when, you know, we probably would be more inclined to send a text to the, the person who ran a really, you know, organized room and, you know, got all of their teams to turn up. But actually, if you want to build a culture, you really want to just continue to just celebrate the people who are showing that, that thing that you're trying to push into. Um, so I would, there, there are some thoughts. Thanks, Josh. Matty, Matty, you've got way more insight. Come on, come on, blow us away. Yes, Lord. <laughs> no, I, I, I thought um, loads of that was great, so I won't repeat everything that Josh just said, but I think I've been on a journey, God's taking me on a journey of realizing that culture and vision are very, very closely knit, aren't they? And it's really hard to take those things beyond where you actually are in your relationship with Jesus. I remember the first time I ever led in a kid's environment, and it was in Trent in like the 10s to 11s group, and I didn't know what I was doing. I was still a student. And uh, during the morning, one of the, I was trying to be relaxed, and all I wanted was to be, I mean, ideally competent, but more than anything, I was so worried about what I looked like. I was really hoping people would see this relaxed, chilled guy. Um, and one of the team, about 10 minutes in, put his hand on my shoulder and was like, Matt, you're a bit stressed, aren't you? And I was like, oh, man, it's, the, it's not working. But the point, I could never have convinced him I was chilled because I wasn't. I wasn't chilled. And that's just a silly little example. But that's true for all of it, isn't it? Like, we, our leadership, if we really try hard enough, could outstrip our discipleship. You know, we could read the right strategic books. Um, and we could, you know, hopefully be, be a bit charismatic or something. But it wouldn't be a good thing for our kids. And it wouldn't be a good thing for our teams. So really, I mean, Wimber said it all those years ago, didn't he? Like, you can't serve what you're not cooking. And I've noticed the change in how I lead and how I treat people, but also just what I even expect a Sunday morning to be like or our kids to experience when they're at school. And most of that is just coming out of, I expect something different. I, be I, I can believe for something different. And it's not, you know, it doesn't go in these crazy big revival jumps. But um, so I think it... <laughs> For me, the, the big challenge is what is Jesus doing in me and how can that, um, and can that affect, how can I make sure it affects my kids' team especially? But ultimately, it just will. It just will. I don't think Jesus walked around desperately hoping that something would bleed out of him and just, you know, that the disciples would get it. They were, they were with him and they got it. So I'd say the most important thing you can offer culture-wise is just who you are on a Sunday morning, when you're texting your team, when you call one of the midweek because you saw they were struggling a bit or or whatever it is. I remember probably years ago, one of these things, listening to Katie talk, talk about some stuff, and I was like, that, what Katie was sharing was just coming out of a place of really being passionate about Jesus and really being passionate about kids. And you can't fake that. You just know it when you, you just know it when you hear it. And I remember when we started Manchester Vineyard Kids five and a half years ago, and there was like seven children or something, and it was a dream. It was absolutely amazing. And they were all from like the types of families that go on a church plant, so the kids were all just <laughs> such a breeze. And I was like, this is, this is kids' ministry, guys. I'm amazing. And I wasn't. We just had like little angels. Um, but, but we'd set kind of our, our, our values that have almost stayed the same throughout, which is that the kids need to be safe. They need to have fun. And then the last one I always felt was like not that good. It was like Jesus needs to be relevant, you know. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And it's only kind of as I've gone on my Jesus journey that I've realized that's not good enough. I wouldn't go to a church where the teaching was really good and they made Jesus relevant, but I never encountered the Holy Spirit. And I never encountered Jesus. If I'd been in a church like that for a year, I'd leave. I mean, 
I went on a church plan, so I probably would last longer than a year. I'd stick it out for a good long while, but I'd be trying to shape it, and I wouldn't be satisfied. Why would we want less for our kids? We need to be encountering Jesus, and we need to be encountering the Holy Spirit. And that will bleed out. And I remember once, it wasn't even my idea. It was, it was um, one of our team. I was just trying to articulate this in a, some of my core leaders. I was having them around. We had dinner, and I was chatting about this. I was like, we need, we need to dream for more. And it was the stuff I was sharing with my small group. And, you know, some of the leaders that I relate to is like, we need, there's more the, uh, in the Gospels than what we're experiencing. Way more. This just isn't good enough. And one of the teams was like, we could change it to encounter Jesus instead of be relevant. And I was like, yes, of course. You know, uh, you know why, why is this taking four years? But I think that, that encountering of Jesus that we have and encountering of the Holy Spirit, that is the thing that will shape you. And that's the thing that will shape your culture like there's loads of strategy and Josh talked about some amazing things there's like if you can have if you can articulate it in a couple of phrases and bang on about it until people are bored stiff that's amazing but it doesn't take you that far if you're not if that's not really what we're trying to live and what we're hoping for and like willing to get a bit of egg on our face as well you know like try and doing ministry time with kids is a hot mess sometimes isn't it? you know like we had two nightmare weeks the last two weeks before this and then the week I wasn't on this week just gone someone else was leading and they had the most glorious ministry time because our, one of our things is you have to have tried to get the kids to encounter Jesus it doesn't matter if you fail but like we could do ministry time at the front couldn't we I'm not Steve Nick it'll probably I don't know but we, we're just trusting Jesus we're just trusting the name of Jesus and it'll happen or it won't and the kids will engage or they won't but we have to try um so I think yeah cultivate that hunger and desire would be this is just for myself like I know if I'm cultivating that Somewhere down the line, it's going to bleed out into our kids' stuff and, and our leaders. So. so you've both kind of touched on it a little bit, but like, could you go further into how you set culture with the kids in your ministry? So not just the team, but mm. how do we set the culture with our kids? You go first. <laughs> um, I, I, I think there's a lot of overlap from what I just said because kids... Uh, it sounds wrong to say kids are a bit like animals, but you know the way animals can can tell. Like animals just know. Are you angry? Like my friend's got a dog, and if if he's angry, walk into the the house door. The dog will disappear to the back of the house. He hasn't even opened the door yet. Kids are in some ways not that motion, emotionally intelligent, but in other ways incredibly emotionally intelligent. They know if they're wanted there. Hundred percent, they know if you want them there and if you want to be there. So again, I think a lot of what I just said still applies. Like if you can get on your knees in front of a kid who's who's kicking off and has got a load of attachment stuff going on and just has just hit one of your leaders in the face with a rolled-up newspaper or whatever, which happened two weeks ago. And, and you can just sit, sit on your haunches and be like, what's, what's going on? You know I love you. You know you're welcome here. If we can say that and have integrity because we actually mean it, even though, yeah, it is, it is annoying, then that, that's, that's setting a culture. The kids, if you, if you can do that week after week after week, sometimes a bit through gritted teeth, but mainly actually like, Jesus, give me more, and he does then that's setting your culture. And I think the, the other thing is we have values for our kids as well. So the same way that all the team know that we want it to be safe fun, and they've got to encounter Jesus or at least get the opportunity to. Um, for our kids, we've got um, kind of four things that we do that actually came post-lockdown. So it's like, what's this? That's we listen. Heart is, hand over heart is we're kind. Touching our hands is we're gentle. And touching our mouth is we tell the truth. That's just who we are. That's not just what we do. We're disciples of Jesus. We want to love each other. So that's who we are. And when they're not doing that, 
come on, we know what you're really like. We know what Jesus has really made you like. Was that? Come on. You know, so, um, so yeah, I think it's fine to be really straightforward with the kids about, look, this is, this is who we are. This is who we want to be. This is who we as leaders need to be with you. We don't expect anything from you that, that Jesus hasn't asked of us. So, um, yeah, I think that as well. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with everything you've just said. Um, I, I, I think there are some things you can do to create culture with, in, amongst the kids. Um, but I think it, your, your, your energy is best spent in trying to create culture in your team because they're the people doing the, you know, they're the people in the room, they're the people the kids are talking to. And as you, you were just saying, like, you know, it, it doesn't matter how intentional you are about, you know, using all the buzzwords and, and trying to create a feel amongst the kids. But if the team are just stood there, disengaged, not really understanding what they're doing, then the kids are going to sense that. So I, I would pour as much energy into getting the team um, understanding what their their role is. And, and that can be quite a big, um, that, that, that can take quite a lot of time because I think lots of people come into to kids' ministry with lots of different um, ideas. I think the, typically the, the one we try and reprogram in, in a lot of the volunteers we have is that you're not you're not a teacher that your role here is you're not a teacher you are you're a small group leader you're a you're a pastor you're a friend and I, it takes quite a lot of reprogramming to kind of change some people's views on that but again just trying to change that mentality a little bit because you know ultimately our heart is is that church that that the stuff that we do is 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 church. We want to do church with these kids, um, and I think in you know, I I often ask myself the question of like what as a as an adult, what is my experience of church? Um, what does it mean to be part of a church? And if the kids aren't getting that same opportunity, um, then we're missing out on something. And and you know, and so part of that is trying to create an environment where uh, you know our, our leaders are not. Um, are not like I'm here to keep you in line. I'm here to instruct you, and it's like actually we're all doing this together. We're all learning together. Um, so just some practical th- notes I've, I've written um, in terms of kind of setting culture. Again, just really ov- obvious stuff um, in some ways. But team time. Um, Becca alluded to it, but like on a morning, we all know how it is. It's like mm, you know mega busy. People are late, and actually. Um, in some ways, it's the first thing that goes, or we fill our team time with loads of like practical stuff. But I would say probably the best thing you can do is carve out 10 minutes, maybe even 15, where you and your team, you just remind yourself again why we're here. You allow the Holy Spirit to come and kind of interfere with you, with you that morning. Um, you kind of begin to dream for what he might be wanting to do that morning, and then you build a bit of community amongst the team. I think that's a, one of the most positive things we've done in terms of actually making sure that the second kids start arriving, team are already like, actually, great. I'm, I'm, I'm not a body in a room here. I, I'm Jesus's hands and feet. And how can I look to call out things in the kids that come into this room? And so I would say that's really um, good. Sharing stories, love, like with the vineyard, we love to share stories. And so, you know, um, come up with, good ways of actually collecting stories and then sharing them. Um, I think, you know, there's always stories happening, but I think um, we're often not very good at collecting them. And so, you know, prioritize that. 
Um, and I would also say like one of the, the most important things for creating a healthy culture is create an environment where team feel safe. Um, that actually this should be fun. Like I, I keep coming back to this, like if I can't enjoy leading kids ministry, then what, where am I going to have fun? Like this, like it's it literally <laughs> like this should, ju- this should just be fun. <laughs> and like, I, and, and so often team come in with just a sense of like, this is uh, sometimes obligation or there's a nervousness of like, am I going to do the right thing or the wrong thing? And we just need to create uh, an environment where let's just have fun. Like, you know, we, we're all, God wants to use all of us. You know, none of us really know what we're doing, but actually we get to play a part in this. And, and so the best way to do that is just to, you know, let your team know that I'm your safety net. Like there's nothing you need to deal with this morning that you can't come to me over and like I want to help. And so creating a self safe environment, but also a vulnerable environment. And you alluded to that as well. Like just we don't have the answers and we should never pretend like we're the, the source of all things. And we should also just, you know, be really vulnerable with our with our team Um and those things will trickle down and, and then kid, uh, the leaders will model that with the kids as well. So I think like invest a lot of time into investing in the culture of the team will affect the culture of the kids stuff. But I do think there's also some stuff you can do with kids. Like we, we've got some like Trent Kids rules, which I don't like the name of it. If anyone's got a better name for it, then. But we, we've got certain like axioms that we always come back to, axioms. which is even worse. <laughs> yeah. 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 Come on. <laughs> friend's axiom um which we're just like you know in trend kids we always say and do kind things you know all things but we constantly go back to that well when when there's behavior that's like challenging we always challenge it against these behaviors because that's the culture we're looking to push towards and so i think it just comes down to kind of um yeah have it having some simple kind of like this is what it means to be a part of trend kids this is what it looks like to be part of manchester kids and reminding them um and you know, one of the things we've pushed into more recently is 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 serving and giving. And so, like encouraging all the kids, you know, where are you serving this morning? Um, you know, how how can you contribute this morning as well? Those those things help shape it. Add a little bit. What Josh said about a team time, um, that's massive. And for us, really fortunate. We blitz everything, and we've got the scope. I've, well, there'll be such variety of experience here. So I'm about to say it probably won't work for all of you, and that's. I understand. But we have half an hour with our kids team after setup where we'll do all the safeguarding stuff and we'll nail that. But then all we want to do is just talk about what we hope for the morning, about Jesus being alive, about the Holy Spirit coming and pray. And I love it because by the time the kids come through the door, we at the very least as a team are G'd up that Jesus is alive and he might want to do something this morning. Um, and then the kids get to enter into that. You know, we. So yeah, I think what, what you were saying about Whatever we set in terms of a vision and an energy level, and I don't mean in a forced way, I just mean your expectations in general, not every single Sunday, but in general, it's really hard for your team to do something that breaks out of that. So, you know, if you're the room leader or if you're the week leader, whatever we bring, it's really hard. There are a few amazing exceptions who will just do something that's just like, yes, but it is really rare. Normally, we've got to consistently be setting a pace and dreaming with, I really hope, with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And and that's what we see in church leadership, isn't it? It's the same. It's just kids' church. You know, I'm blessed to be part of a church where I love Paul and Steph. And it's amazing what goes on at MV. What God is doing is awesome. But they are 
leading the charge and talking about what they hope for and what they're expecting and what they think God's saying, we shouldn't be doing less than that. It might look a bit different. Of course, it, it looks a bit different. But, um, but you're having that a, a bit of time, however long it is, having a bit of time that isn't just functional is so important. If, if all we can get through is just safeguarding, then what, what does that say about what the morning's going to be? Just let's just keep them safe. I mean, that's super important. Definitely do that. But I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would, I've started getting into a point where I put about almost half the time I put into preparing the kids' message, I put into preparing what I'm going to share in, in team time. Like, what am I, and one of the things I always share, which the Lord kind of really put on my heart, which I just think it's really important for us to remember each week, is like every, every week I look around the, the circle and I go, you know, this team, we could, we could run this morning quite happily in our own strength. Like, this is a competent team, um, but we don't want to. We don't want to run this morning in our own strength. We want to do it through Jesus' strength. And just even reminding ourselves, actually, like, you know, we might be really efficient at, like, getting kids to do craft. But, like... We're not. Which, we're not. <laughs> if you've got any tips on that... <laughs> Josh, not Dylan, I'm at trentvineyard.org. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's really important when you guys have said and the real emphasis on team time. And I think that that is across all ages as well, from your crash group right up to whatever age you kind of stop at for us it's 11 but um if you what i said at the at the start example is everything so if you want your kids leaders to be praying for the kids in the grooms you need to do it you need to show them how to do it and if they're not confident you need to get down them with them and and teach them how to do it if you want them to be having words for the kids and writing them on sticky labels and sticking them on the kids so that the parents can take them home and create this book for them when they are, you know, 10 and understand it. Like, show them how to do it. Encourage them and in your team time. Give them some sticky labels and go, let's see if you can have three words for this one child this morning or you know like just you have to set that expectation of like actually this is a challenge for you but God is gonna he's gonna work through you and he's gonna encourage these children through you so you have to be the ones who are setting the example and setting what you want to see in your rooms I want to go into my crash room and see like the kids worshiping I want to go into the 11s and see them worshiping just as much as I want to see our kids leading the ministry time um, but we have to allow those opportunities. So on to recruitment. Recruitment is something that we all struggle with. It's difficult, but it's also ongoing. It's not like you can tick that box once a year and be like, right, recruitment's over. It's, it's constant. Um, what are your top tips on recruitment? I would say the first one um, is pray, which is, is like really obvious, but actually... Um, like, I don't think we do it enough. Um, and like, so when we were coming back from COVID, we, I'd, I remember like around about April, we uh, kind of canvassed our team and, and kind of said, well, who's, who's actually coming back as I'm sure the rest of you did. And before COVID, we had about a team of about 300 and we had about 40 team come back, say, yeah, I'll be up for coming back. And so I was just like, oh. and like, it was at the point where like- Josh was spinning. <laughs> Well, I, I wasn't because I was like, this is so big. It's like, well, this isn't on me to sort. And, and, and I threw a bit of a strop with the Lord. And I was like, well, God, if you're going to bring us, like, I, this is beyond uh, our ability to kind of, you know, ring around small groups. And so I just committed to just praying and like really just like every day seeking the Lord on it. And um, slowly people 
began to come back. And we did work hard, and we've got some other stuff that I can share. But I, I would say um, really prioritize praying over it. And the second is that actually the best way to recruit is not to lose your team, which <laughs> is, 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 again, obvious. But like um, I, I would almost put more energy into making sure your teams are happy than making doing lots of recruitment and obviously that that you know there's different times where actually when we don't have the people then we need to recruit the people but um i think even if you have a very high caliber person join your team if the team that they're joining is dysfunctional miserable the culture is all over the place then they're going to bounce straight off and so i would spend quite a lot of time actually making sure that actually the team is like a place that people want to come and join um and because then naturally they will be inviting others to come join into it. If it's if it's if it's something that is a privilege to be a part of, as we know it is, then people are going to come. But you know, if it if it feels like really hard work, and it feels quite isolated and quite like, then people are not going to um, join. And and one thing that I've started doing is like, I think my natural inclination is like. If you have two really capable people who get the vision, they're great, they're like, and they come towards you, the temptation is to go, okay, great, you're week one and you're week two. And um, because that's how you spread out. But I've, I've actually started going, well, why don't you guys be on the same week? Because you take a hit in the, the initial term in that you've got no one else to do this. But actually, suddenly that week, you've got two people who really get it. And, and be, they're not, you know... It, it's, 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 it's a lot easier for them to, to build something because there's a bit of momentum there. So I, I would say, like, um, my top tip for recruiting is just not to do a lot of recruiting, is to probably prioritise, you know, making sure the teams are, like, a really great place because then you'll find people are actually inviting their, their small group friends to come and join. The reason a lot of our kids' team don't invite their small group people or their friends is because, if they're honest, it feels like a bit more of a chore than a joy. But when it feels like a joy, then people are going to be like, well, come along as well. So I, I would say um, do that. Um, I've got other stuff, but Matthew, why don't you go ahead? Mm. Yeah, I'd say uh, first thing, 100%, what, what Josh said about prayer. Yeah, do that. <laughs> Definitely do that. And it's really struck me in my own walk with Jesus and with the Father. I don't know if anyone resonates with this, but God's been unpicking me a lot how... Jesus is, you know, we know the theology. The Holy Spirit reveals Jesus, and Jesus reveals the Father, and that's really good. And, like, Jesus and I feel like I've got Jesus down, but the Father is... I'm there in my head, but sometimes in my heart, I'm not all the way there. And realizing he is, like, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort and, and going on a journey and allowing that to be true. If I'm really fortunate I've got an amazing dad. He's the best man at my wedding. Just amazing. I was like, who's the best guy I know? My dad. Great. So like, I couldn't pick anyone else because he's just my best friend until Rhiannon. So um, what a blessing. What a joy. But I'd go to him for anything, and I have done my whole life. If I really believed that was true of the Father, it wouldn't need to be a big deal to go to him. You go to him all the time. And so recognize, okay, well, obviously, oh, I'm so sorry, Dad. I, don't, I haven't believed of you what's really true. But that's okay. He's not going to beat us up over that. It's like, all right, well. So I just increasingly, I want to go to him for everything. And then... He's just so smart. You know, you're like, I don't know how I'm going to get these team. And then people, we've had people join the church or people who think, I'd never have put you down for kids team. No way. You don't look fun. And then they turn out to be like the most fun person ever or they put you to shame or whatever or, or they're just the most amazing faithful servant and they really get the kids or, you know, they're a one-on-one -on -one genius or whatever. So 
I, I once heard some, feel free to disagree with me. This is maybe just me processing a lot, but um, I had a really good phrase from a really godly person. I trusted them so much, I just bought it. I was like, yeah, 100%, that's true. And they said, pray as if it depends on God and work like it depends on you. I was like, yeah, sounds good. But I'm not, I'm not sure I fully buy that, actually, because I think if you knew you had a father in heaven, which we do, who backs us in absolutely everything that he asks us to do, why would you work as though that wasn't true? That's nuts. Why would you do that? So we should work hard. I think that's really important to work hard. But I don't want to work as though I haven't got God on my side. And actually, people, I've got friends who work in business. I was briefly in business-to-business -business sales, which was funny. Um, but there's a guy who's really, really talented salesman, Christian guy, really godly man, a bit of a mentor to me. And he felt God prompted him to go down to four days a week. But they don't let you do that in sales. So he said to them, I'll just make my full target. Don't worry about it. It's like, that's, that's brave. And he was like, well, why should I need as many appointments and as many meetings as everyone else when I've got God? It's going to be different, isn't it? I've got the Father. And I know that it's great when it's someone else's example. It sounds great, doesn't it? I realize the, the reality. What's great about, you know, I was on team here when it was and on staff here and I loved it and it was nuts and there were so many people and then I was had you know three team and seven kids in, in Manchester Vineyard so I've seen both extremes but the team thing is just the same for everyone isn't it like it is teams a challenge for every single church no matter what size you're at and um, so I think yeah just pray and pray and pray and trust him and pray again and then the only other thing I'd say um is yeah just I've really felt him challenging me about how I talk about it. Sometimes, and it's some of my stuff. It's some of my kind of insecurity, wanting to be liked, wanting to be wanting to harmonize that God's pulling me up on and shaping. But don't apologize for inviting people into the kids' team. And don't, like, I send these long, elaborate texts being like, hello, how are you? Enjoying the sun? You know, oh, yes. And then, you know, and then, oh, just wanted to let you know about a kids-related opportunity, you know, um, child protection executive and like try and be really jolly about it and they're like I realize you might not be able to and it's absolutely fine I fully understand we've all got busy lives but if you you know you think man I've I've apologized my way right out of that that sounds rubbish why are you you know what let's just be jolly about what we're doing like we're doing church like you know, they don't call it worship work do they they get worship ministry and we get kids work how did that happen whenever I catch myself saying kids work I'm like Stop it. Stop it, Matt. It's not kids' work. Now, the reality is, it does sometimes. There are mornings when it feels like that, and I get that. Like, it is, you're not in the main service. In our case, anyway, we're out for the whole service, so miss that. So it is, it is a bit different. It's definitely a bit more intense. But let's stop calling it work in front of everyone and apologizing. And maybe you, you're not like that. Maybe you're all just a genius at this and just like, yeah, we're the cheeriest people alive. But, but it is a privilege to serve Jesus. If we really, um, I think it was Katie who's, who I first heard mention and it kind of stuck with me the kind of what Jesus says in um, Mark 9 where if he, he says you know anyone who welcomes one of these little ones in my name welcomes me and whoever welcomes me doesn't welcome me they welcome the father who sent me so man if we really ever remembered that and I try and remember it you know most Sundays then I wouldn't apologize do you want to come and meet the father do you want to go and hang out with Jesus oh but if you're busy and if you know I realize you might not be there yeah so I think that that is is, is a small part of it Josh already said some great stuff yeah um just some quick stuff that I've kind of jotted down. Um, vision before need, um, that's that's obvious. But I, I like, honestly, recently, um, like, we've done the big, like, oh, we need you to sign up for the kids' team. And we've sold the, like, broad vision of, like, investing in the next generation in and this generation and future leaders and current leaders. We've done all of that. But then, like, just selling the vision of actually, like, we've got a couple of kids at the moment who... Um, have extra need 
and like if if some people don't come and, and surf then these guys are not gonna be able to to come and engage. And you know and you could be the difference of, of this child and this family who have been turned away from other and that has worked. People have come because you're you're given a really specific vision. Um because people yeah, and also like just give opportunities for people to come and see that actually you're doing the stuff that you're talking about. Because I think like we're like every week we're like, you know, the kids are encountering the Lord, like we're seeing people healed, we're seeing God speak to these kids. And like I think people are like, yeah, 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 yeah. But then when they come and see that that's actually happening, it makes a difference. So I would say find ways of people just being able to come and have a look. Um parents come, no commitment, um, just come sit in the room. We won't ask you to lead a group, we promise, until you know, you really get it and then you're on it. If you can get your kids into ministry and into serving, do that, definitely. Like a couple of weeks back, we had back-to-back Sundays where the kids did the healing at the end. It was great. Everyone loves it. The adults love it. It's like, man. And, and the kids absolutely love it, seeing adults get well. So, yeah, if you can get them in the space, that helps. If people can see what we're actually doing. Um, make joining easy. Uh, again, like I'd, we we used to have a system where oh, if you wanted to, uh, to come and join, then here's a form. You can fill that out. Um, come give that form back to us and we'll get in touch and all of these kind of things. And um, the, the, return, the, the, the follow-through was not great. Uh, whereas now we, with online stuff, like Church Week's got loads of new features and stuff, which um, a team can immediately sign up. And it's been a lot easier because you want to strike while the iron's hot. And so if someone's like, yeah, I want to join kids' team, you know, get them on kids' team rather than, you know, oh, great, well, we'll send you this thing and then you can get them. So try and make it as easy as you possibly can. Also try and think of, like, different roles that people can get involved in because sometimes, like, people are like, I do want, I get the vision, I want to help, but, like, I'm not just saying this to be, you know, humble or anything, but I am awful around children. Not, you know, problematically, but, you know, I... uh, And so, you know, we've got media teams for that and we've got you know people who go around and help you know deliver biscuits to the rooms and stuff so just try and find a space for everyone um uh, another top tip is also try and get kids serving within the ministry because actually like often we need loads of team because there's loads of need but actually if you've got a church and you've got some 11 year olds they are more capable than a lot of the students that we sometimes have helping so like um so just get them involved find that like you know uh, we've started pre- reducing some of our curriculum down to like a couple of questions and I give it out to a bunch of 11-year-olds because I know I'm not going to have enough adults to, you know, have really good conversations. And so I develop leaders and I also solve some uh, team issues at the same time. Um, yeah, personal invite as well. I just one final thing. I think with all of this, vision, culture and recruiting team, ask God for the people who aren't just the once a month or twice a month people the people who really care and are really going to be in so that it's not just you so that when it's like oh who's going to do that curriculum for tomorrow it's going to be me again you know or who uh, i don't know about you i've got this tendency to i don't want to give the bad jobs to other people but there's other people who don't even agree it's a bad job you know that gobsmacked me when someone was like have you got any jobs that you can just do quietly alone at a admin base and i was like I've been doing all those jobs because I thought that was hell. I was like, I'd never make someone do that. That's awful. And this woman was asking for jobs like that. There are people out there who are up for it. And and again, sometimes I've found myself praying and it'll be the next week someone will introduce themselves and be, I'd love to join kids team. And then just talk about it a lot. You know, just I talk about like, oh, you know, what's going on with you at the moment? Matt? Oh, I'm just thinking about how to develop a bit more of a team and, you know, people and just see where it lands and see what people 
see what people say, but don't don't be the only person recruiting, the only person setting culture, and the only person trying to set a vision because that's just exhausting. Find the people who are really in, and they don't need to be lots. I mean, it just depends how big your ministry is, but you need some people. You need some people who are really in. Yeah, I think you took the words out of my mouth. Where don't discount people. It is really funny, isn't it? How we kind of have this vision. Someone said, actually, oh, I looked in another seminar room and I knew it wasn't a kids seminar because, you know, they weren't kids leaders. But um, it is funny, how, isn't it? How we have this perception of who will make a great kids leader or who will make a great, great kids team. And one of I can think of one of the ladies who is just outstanding in our ministry area, Lizzie Smith. She leads our um, Rockets room and you would probably discount her. She's an older lady, but honestly, she has got the vision and she is quiet and she's humble and she gets to the kids um, in this wonderful way. I think often we can think if you're not loud, you know, often we think, passionate people are loud and they've got it and kids and let's you know dance and sing but actually sometimes those key gold people are the people who just want to sit with one child and find out how their week's been um and it's so often that we can kind of just overlook some of either the older members of our congregation who actually they've got grandkids and they've got a wealth of experience and can really help with our other kids leaders training them up and just showing them what it looks like to really love a child instead of just being like it, we need those ki- those leaders who are enthusiastic and can jump around a room all morning but we also need those leaders who can just get alongside a child and love them so never discount people either and Josh very quickly and we've all heard it the power of a personal invitation we were saying you know how fun it is to be in a, a room and invite people along to just experience that but if you can um, invite people with a personal story and I'd like I see something in you I think you could be amazing in kids why don't you just come and check it out with me come and hang out with me for a morning it'll be really fun um then they're soon on team as well um okay so I think we we're, we're coming into land but how do you create kind of that sense of family within your teams how like we we talk about setting a culture um and a, we've touched a little bit on team retention jo- Josh was saying you know keep your team instead of having to recruit more make it fun so people stay that team retention but how do you create kind of family how do you create people wanting to stay on team I think if you've been around church and ministry a while, you, it is a bit trickier on kids because you draw such a wonderfully diverse group of people to be on team. So trying to come up with the event that all of those people have time to be at and actually even want to be at is a lot harder. Like classically youth teams, they're the bee's knees, aren't they? They have a right old fun. <laughs> they're, they, they're drawing all the students and all the 20-somethings and they're just going wild and, and it works. And they've all got all the time in the world as well. But then... You know, I've got parents and grandparents and loads of different people on my kids' team, and I love it. It's so much stronger for it. But what do they all want to do together? I don't know. It's it's not actually that easy. So I think it, it's it's fair to say it's an, it's not that easy. I think in terms of a <laughs> a family doing what we can to have a family culture, I would say partly back to the way we treat them, like the way way we treat people, the way we appreciate them, particularly with my leaders. I'm, I, I was rubbish at this, and I'm trying to get better. Is I'll just call people midweek and see how they are, um, and just you know touch base with them and and make a bit of time. You don't have to do it long, and you don't have to. Or I'll seek them out on a Sunday when I'm not on team, which isn't that often. But uh, we're working to change that. But um, but yeah, just trying to make time for people. 
I definitely think it's great to have some touch points. So if you can do events like thank you events or whatever, I'm sure you know most of us will have done something like that, and that's great. A barbecue or uh, something like that is great. But I think often it's how we treat them, and I also think part of it is just making an ask of people that is appropriate to what they can really give, and not making them feel guilty for it. So for us, our kind of standard, and this maybe you do it completely differently, and that's fine. I'd I'd love to learn from you, but generally our, our baseline is serve once a month because we don't have another service. We've only got a morning service. So if you're serving kids and you're in kids the whole time and you serve four times a month, you will never be in adult church. You'll only be in kids' church. Kids' church is great, but it's quite tiring. So we say once a month or twice a month. The rest of the time, don't, don't do it. Just go to adult church and, and chill out. And, and if people can only turn up at a certain time, we try and say, well, if you can, you know, oh, you've got kids, you can't set up. Bring the kids, they can set up. But then if it's still a no, then it's, oh, well, come a bit later then. You're still really welcome. So I think part of it is just where we can, appreciating people and encouraging people in, in the morning. The, the, the best space you'll ever have with kids is how you are in, in the morning, because that's when they're all there. Trying to chase everyone down in their different life stages midweek is really hard. And the bigger the team gets and the bigger the church gets, the harder it gets. Mm -hmm. So I think just how we are and how we make space and how we treat people and how grateful we are for them um, and giving them an ask that they can do sustainably and they feel like we're thankful not taking them for granted you know and they're not burnt out in a year i think i think some of that is is part of it but yeah it's hard isn't it sometimes and once a month or the little interactions we have to say like honestly i'm so grateful for you and i love you i think you're amazing sometimes we just need to be less british just be like yeah you're wonderful um how would jesus have greeted them or welcomed them or just given them that 30 sometimes it is 30 seconds in the craziness and you just stop and get eye contact. And you can just have a moment. And if, you know, we, I've had that, and it's really meant something to me. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've, I've uh, one thing we've been doing at Trent for the last couple of years is going on a bit of a journey of actually wanting to be more diverse and, and a more intergenerational um, church. And just, I've got the more conviction, as you were saying, like, kids' teams that that's church isn't it like you've got people all serving at the same time like different like it's the most disparate group isn't it like is that the word um it's yeah it's the most like varied collection of of people and that's amazing and like i i, I thought for the longest time it's like oh rubbish because yeah as you're saying youth team they got it they got it made because they're a homogenous group and we're not that but actually that's something to be celebrated and like um, one thing that we've tried to do, and again, it's team time at the beginning, but just trying to create f five, ten minutes. Um, our team don't love the fact that, you know, we ask them to be there an hour before and <laughs> they essentially do five minutes and then we just force them to do uh, relationships together. But actually, uh, <laughs> it's not that bad. Um, but actually, it's brilliant because people, like, just having chats before the kids arrive, they might get a drink, um, just, like, finding out and... I would say also model it really well. So like with your leaders, like just don't take an interest in them just for what they give to the ministry. Take an interest in them generally. Like find out before you ask, oh, you know, how's this thing going? Be like, oh, how, how are you doing? You know, when, you know, you went on holiday. Like, like and, and, and get them to model that with their teams and they model that with their teams and they model that with their teams. And, and actually, you know, find out how the, the question I always ask my team like how how can i be praying for you at the moment um yeah i think some little things like that um helpful the other thing i would say we didn't touch upon it earlier but um 
you know, part of thanking your team, just if you're not in the habit of texting out your team after the morning, um, just as in, not as a group, but as individuals, like I, I like to just pick two or three people after each Sunday and I just send them a special text. Um, that sounds weird. I just send them a text. <laughs> I, I send them a text just uh, specifically celebrating, you know, I think, I think you go, how did you find the morning? You know, I thought this was great. And just, you know, trying to take more of an interest. And I would say, um, try and know the names of every person serving in your, your ministry. And, and you know, as it, you get bigger and stuff, like, it's, it's definitely a challenge at Trent. But I, you know, the team, I got mocked because I would remember, like, exactly where everyone's serving. But I think it's important. I, I want to know, I want to bump into every team and know, like, oh, so-and-so, I know that you're going through this. And, like, model the fact that actually you you care about these people this is this isn't they're not doing you a favor by serving this is family we're all together like this is this is church um so yeah yeah i think it's important we obviously josh and i are both here at trent and it is a large church and we have a lot of volunteers so as you setting up kids ministry i think it's really important to look at the structures that you have in place and how it's not all going to fall to you because um it may be that you're in a small church at the moment and you can remember everybody's name and you can thank everyone individually but as you grow that can um change very quickly and so having structures in place where you've got people who are like you oversee their leadership but then they oversee their team and they oversee their team. So we've kind of got a, a staff team, our age group coordinators, and then they've got their kind of eight-week leaders because we have two morning services, and then they have their team. So everybody's kind of overseeing around eight to ten people. And it means then that you're not the only one who's having to send out texts to 300 people on a Sunday morning. Everybody's got their own role. Everybody can have a relationship with someone that they know quite well and they will know if they are going on holiday or if someone's sick in their family. Um, it doesn't all have to... Um, to fall to you but really encouraging them and again it's setting the culture that if you're sending those texts out it's like oh maybe I should be sending the text out to the people that I oversee um, and being really encouraging and intentional about that and trying to do it quite quickly after a morning service I know that um, if I leave it to Monday or Tuesday I'm going to forget so I'm trying by Sunday night I'm trying to make sure that I've texted the team that I've been working with that morning just to encourage them but we've also on a on a Monday morning now um we each get I've brought thank you cards in um to the office and we take five minutes on a Monday morning I give all my team a thank you card and say choose one person that has stood out to you this last week or you think needs an encouragement and just send them a thank you card and again it may be that you don't have the time um to be able to do that you might be a team of one and you're thinking oh but even that one card that you can send out means that someone is feeling valued in your team and it's so lovely to receive something through the post in this digital age where we just get texts and we just get emails to receive something physical through the post that says oh actually that person's thought about me this week and encouraged me in this ministry area I think is um is really important to do if you if you're capable of doing that um we have got literally five minutes left so Guys, thank you so much. But I do want to open it up if you guys have any questions or comments or top tips for us all. Because um, if you've been listening thinking, oh, yeah, I do that really well, this is a place to share it. We're not going to think that you're big-headed. We would love you to just share that top tip so that we can all learn from you. So anybody got any either top tips or questions? Yes. 
So just before you answer that, Josh, just for the recording, because I'm aware that they won't have heard that question. So how do you prioritise teamwork? How do you develop that on a morning? Um, building time, I think. Like, like practically, the way it works is so... I mean, it's, we, uh, we ask team to be there about about 50 minutes before the kids um, get there. We, we're, we're quite blessed in that we don't need to do a ton of setup. I mean, there is quite a bit of setup, but um, we're not having to move things from different buildings. Um, so we kind of, it takes about 20 minutes to kind of um, do that. And then we encourage within teams to take 10 minutes as a, as a team. They, they will go through their plan for the morning, look at the curriculum, but also encouraging that that's your chance to, you know, go around, introduce anyone that's new or covering on that week and just, you know, find out how have people's weeks been, you know. And then we gather um, all of the noughts to fives teams and all of the five to elevens teams um, for a, a pre-meeting. We stand in a circle. Uh, you know, one of us will share something um, that kind of forces us to fix our eyes on Jesus Um we try and avoid talking logistics. You know, we might go through some like general safeguarding, just but we try and you know keep that to a minute. And then we just ask people to break into kind of twos and threes. We mix it up sometimes. We just encourage people to kind of find somebody new, and we're just going to pray. Um, I find that like the general, we're just going to pray, and then people can offer stuff. Um, but like breaking down into small groups means more prayers are prayed. Um, so we find that good. And then we've got five minutes before we back in the room. So practically, but I, I don't think there's anything too magic to the formula. I just think like really prioritizing time and making sure that even on the busiest mornings, um, you make sure that that doesn't fall to one side. I'd say that I've been in many of the 5 to 11s and the noughts to 5s prayer meetings on a Sunday morning. And what Josh does really well, and he touched on it earlier, was that he spends time asking God what, what he needs for his team um, that Sunday. It's not just about the curriculum, what we need for the kids, but also what do the team need? But it doesn't always, again, it doesn't always have to fall to you. And raising up other leaders means say it, sending them a text just going... How do you feel about running team prayer on Sunday morning? Can you just bring a two-minute kind of word, a thought for the day? And it gives them an opportunity to kind of step out and lead quite a lot. Like, there's quite a large gathering, um, especially in the 5 to 11s. And it gives them an opportunity to be like, okay, like, this might feel daunting, but I can do this. Which then gives them an opportunity to be able to lead a small group time. Or, you know, it's just giving other people opportunities. But having something pre-prepared so that the team feel valued it's not just like we're rocking up and we're just going to pray and see what happens but actually we've thought about this and someone else has thought about this and giving other people opportunities and the other thing we like to do in, in that when we're gathered together is if there's anyone new I, every week i'm like this is anyone's first one and then we just give them all over like we give them a round of applause like we want to celebrate that you're just here today and again that helps people feel like oh i'm not not only am i seen and i known, but i'm also supported like you know Really quickly as well, uh, WhatsApp groups around people who operate in the same space. So all our room leaders will have like a five to 11s, one or a two to four, one or a crash one. And then any stories, any thoughts, they'll pop on there and try and facilitate. They work variously well. It depends how active WhatsApp, t WhatsApp active people are. Uh, but the other thing is I always try and have a touch point at the end of the morning as well. So what used to happen is everyone would just filter off and someone needs to go for lunch and someone blah, blah, blah. So at the point where the earliest person is going to disappear, I'll try and grab everyone in my room together, 
really quickly, even if it's just three minutes, how was that? What's going on? Thank you so much, acknowledging them. Um, and, it, and sometimes you can just nip in the bud something where someone's really feeling a bit vulnerable or they're like, oh, that just didn't go well. And you can catch it and be like, oh, no, that wasn't you. You know, honestly, that's just kids sometimes. Or you can just say a word or something like that. So I think even if it's not long at all, because people are busy and you've got to do this set down, but set down will get done. Even if it's just two minutes, it can be so valuable. Yeah, definitely uh, factor in team time at the end as well, just in a smaller team. And one thing I would say there is it very easily becomes a, a, a bit of a post-mortem where you're like, this didn't go right, this didn't go right, this didn't go right. So I've tried to actively encourage, like, um, if there's stuff that you want to feedback, let's have a one-to-one -one conversation, uh, you know, after the team's gone. Uh, because those things are important, but actually the point of gathering together is like, what went well, what can we celebrate, what was Jesus doing, um, like what are the small stories. Um, so trying to just like finish the morning on like in, in the same way that you start it and go, let's fix our eyes on Jesus. You, you finish the, the morning in the same way. I think it's really important. I'm aware that I haven't given enough time for questions because it's already half past. What I would say um, is... Um, Again, Josh has spearheaded this, but he's he's brilliant at resourcing our team. So some of us like me are very like, oh, big picture, like come on team and not detailed at all. Josh is the most detailed person I think I've ever met and has put together and understands that some people need structure and need to know what they're doing before they just rock up on a morning. I'm more of a, I'll rock up and see how the morning goes. But what we've done as a team is put together some resources for our team who really want to go and know exactly what our safeguarding policy is. So we've created a video for all of our team to be able to watch that. We've put together resources about how to be a great leader and some of the things to do, what the fire procedures are. So we now, um, and if you've got the resources to be able to do this, I think it's brilliant, create a team page and put all the resources on there so um, that you're not always having, we, we still love to gather our team physically and do welcome evenings and do training evenings, but it's not always possible and we do have lots of different volunteers who have got kids or different um, reasons why they can't come in. But if they can just click on a video and watch it, um, they're great. So if you want to check it out, I think it's just um, Trentbin. It's come TK, chat with me afterwards. Come I'll stick chat around. with Josh. But it's TK Teams, and it's got loads of resources on there, and we're very happy to share any of those with you as well. Um, it is past our time, but if anyone wants to stick around and um, chat or ask any more questions, we're here. For you. Thank you so much for coming.